Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us, and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. Let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for this wonderful opportunity of coming into your presence to learn from you, to sit at your feet, and to be instructed by you. May your words go forth unhindered, unaltered from these lips of clay by any demonic force. Bless the ears that hear, transform our lives, and we give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. First scripture I want to look at is Acts 2, 16 and 17 in the New King James. I got a couple things. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days. I just want to stop there for a moment. In the last days. That started 2,000 years ago. Okay? That didn't start now. That didn't start a couple of years ago. That's 2,000 years ago. 2 Timothy 3.1 But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. Hmm. I see a theme here. Last days. Issues. The Passion Translation for 2 Timothy 3.1 But you need to be aware that in the final days the culture of society will become extremely fierce. Now that's an interesting translation on that one. Extremely fierce in the last days. Okay. Amplified. Classic. But understand this, that in the last days will come, set in, perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. 2005 is when I got serious with the Lord. I got tired of playing religion. I remember telling him, it's like I'm sitting on a rocket ship, but I have no idea how to light the fuse. I said, what I'm doing isn't working. Show me how this works. I wasn't looking for a feeling. I wasn't looking for goosebumps. I wasn't looking to see signs, wonders, and visions. I wanted to know how this worked. What made this tick? So the first two things that God taught me. One, finances. Because we were so broke that at that time we couldn't afford to pay attention. And the other one is what I want to talk to you about today. And it changed my life. It changed our life. It's changing our lives. We're moving on with it. Okay? So I'm not saying God taught me on the end times. To be honest, I, like, I enjoy listening to people that talk about end times. But I'll be honest with you. I don't know if they're speaking the truth or not. They quote the Bible, but their interpretation, that's, God didn't teach me that. What he told me, until he comes or until I go, I've got a job to do. Okay? Doesn't matter when, I've got a job. And I've got to keep doing my job. So what did he teach me? He taught me how to thrive, not just survive in end times. He taught me how to be a success, how to move forward despite what's coming my way. Now, when Pastor Charlotte asked me to preach, 
My mouth said yes, my heart said, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> but I was, as I was pressing in, the word back to the basics kept coming. Get back to the basics. And I'm thinking, okay, the basics of what? You know, we just did a wonderful series on crazy faith. And for those of you that were here, it's wonderful teaching. If you weren't, I think we still have some books. Teaches you on faith, how to grow your faith, how to multiply your faith, how to work faith. That's awesome teaching. I don't need to speak about that again. Pastor Charlotte did a wonderful teaching on finances. I, think, I believe back in September. I'll be honest with you, you put that to work, you'll, have, you'll never have another broke day in your life. And if you missed that teaching, go back and find it. Study it. Listen to it over and over and over again. Everything she preached was biblical principles, and they work. I'm doing a series Tuesday nights on deliverance, being set free, walking in freedom. Don't need to teach that now. I'm doing it. I did one on healing. So what's left? Back to the basics. You got to get back to the basics. You got to go to John 3.16. If you only had two verses in the whole Bible to sum up the characterization of God, this sums it up. For God so loved. Okay. Who did he love? He loved the world. What did he do? He gave who? His only begotten son. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've got one son. I've only got one son. And I'd be hard-pressed to give him up for somebody. But our father gave up his only begotten son for me, for you. Why? That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's our father. That's his desire. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Now isn't that a big lie of the enemy right there? Guilt, condemnation. Doesn't the enemy come along and say, you know what? God's going to get you. God's going to pound you. God's going to destroy you. But it says here, he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That right there is, in the, is the gospel in a nutshell. Those two verses. I had the wonderful privilege on Thursday of uh, being asked to go up to the hospital to visit a, a non-believer. This uh, lady up there was visiting with one of our congregational members that was helping him out, helping her out, and uh, she asked for a pastor to come up. I get into the room there, and she has absolutely no idea about church. I asked if she'd ever gone to church, and she said, well, I think I did when I was young. Okay? I just shared those two verses with her. The presence of God came into that room so heavy, a nurse tried to come in, she couldn't come in more than two feet. She wasn't allowed. 
but the presence was there. Tears were flowing. She felt God's presence. This lady that I talked to felt God in that room. And she didn't accept Jesus at that time because she was too overwhelmed. She said, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. But I gave her everything. She will. That's a guarantee. The seed has been sown. Okay? So that's the gospel. And when this gets established in your heart, the whole Bible turns into a love story and a how-to-succeed book, not to doom and gloom. Not doom and gloom. Okay? So when I got serious with my walk, that's when things started to take over. And that's when God started to teach me on the favor factor. The topic of today's message, favor factor. Now, what is the favor factor? Well, I looked that up on Mr. Google. I don't believe everything Mr. Google says, but I like this one. I like this one. Okay? God stepping into one situation to make a worthwhile difference. Definition of favor is God stepping in to make a worthwhile difference in your situation. The Collins Dictionary says regard or treat with special kindness. So favor is kindness. God bestowing kindness on you, on us. Going back to Mr. Google, the biblical definition according to Google, a believer as being an enviable or in an enviable position to receive God's provision, favor, as being an extension of his grace. Favor is an extension of his grace. It's not a byproduct. It's an extension of his grace. But that poses a question. What's grace? Going back again to Collins Dictionary. The free favor of God shown to man. See a pattern here? See a connection? Now, with that in mind, let's take a look at Hebrews 4.16. Remember, grace and favor. Okay? Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, favor and kindness, that we may obtain mercy and find what? Favor and kindness to help in time of need. Favor and kindness to help in time of need. That's God's plan. That's what God wants for us. Wherever we go, whatever we do. Now, one other thing. (laughs) 
what other topic do we need to look at? We know grace is favor. What about blessing? Galatians 3.29. I don't know why I keep notes. I'm out of place here already. Galatians 3.29. If you are in Christ, or if you are Christ, who? So what does that make you? Makes you a believer. Okay? Then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. An heir according to the promise. Well, if I'm an heir, what did I inherit? What did I receive? I mean, I'm Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So you've got to look at Genesis 12. Now, Genesis 12, this is God speaking to Abram. He was called Abram before he was uh, called Abraham. Starting in verse 2. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Or what? Favor? I will favor you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. There again, definition of blessing, according to Mr. Google, is God's favor and protection. The blessing is God's favor on our lives, wherever we go. So we know grace is the definition of favor. According to the dictionary, blessing is the definition of favor, as favor and blessing are connected. So, looks to me like God is trying to give us an advantage. He's trying to give us a heads up on how to thrive, not just survive. But what did we get? Well, in order for that, we have to go back to Deuteronomy 28. Verse 1. Now it shall come to pass. Notice on that, there is no question mark. It doesn't say maybe. It doesn't say possible. It shall come to pass that if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, okay, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today. That is number one. We have to be diligent to obey his voice, to understand. Like I mentioned earlier, Pastor Charlotte's message on finances. And I might step on some toes and pull them in, if I do. Are you a doer of the word or a hearer? I know for a fact that I've, had, I've heard messages that I was a hearer of the word, but not a doer. But every message that I heard that I became a doer of works. So are you a hearer or a doer? Verse 2. All these blessings and favors shall come upon you. Like I said, there was no question mark in verse 1. There's no maybes. There's no possibles. They will come upon you. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. 3. Blessed 
favored in the city, blessed or favored in the country. Sounds like wherever you go, God wants to bless you. God wants to do that. Blessed, favored shall be the fruit of your body. That's your kids. That's your offspring. Like I said, we have one son, and I'm going to tell a little bit on God's favor on him. He just graduated university to become a teacher. He comes back to Grand Prairie. We move him back here. He's looking for a job, not able to find it. Just before school is to start, he goes in to apply to be a substitute teacher. He's talking with an individual there and says, we have a school in Fairview that is looking for you. Would you be interested? He gets a full-time job teaching the class that he said five years earlier he wanted to teach to the age that he wanted to teach it. Okay, that's the favor of God. Yeah. That's the favor of God on him, on our offspring. And as a bonus, it's a small community. The classrooms aren't 35. Classrooms are a lot smaller. So for his first year of teaching, he doesn't have a whole bunch of unruly kids, just a few. <laughs> and the pay scale, because he's ATA, he's with the Teachers Association, it doesn't matter. Like I asked him, would you get more money if you come to Grand Prairie and teach a beer class? He said no. So the favor of God on his life, what God has done for him, is just amazing. Okay? Verse 5, blessed, favored shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. As you can tell, it's been favored. Um, <laughs> my wife is closing her eyes and shaking her head. God's favor on everything. Blessed and favored shall you be when you come in. Blessed, favored shall you be when you go out. Remember, favor is kindness. Wherever you go, God's kindness on your life. Verse 8. Verse 8 is a very interesting verse on this one. And I will be honest with you, this is the verse that we've had the most supernatural provision on. And the Lord shall command. All the other ones say that it will come upon you. This one is commanded. That the blessing or favor on you in your storehouses. I am not bragging on me. I am the schmuck of all schmucks. Okay, I, I don't know if you can get much more redneck than I am. Okay, what, what I'm saying, this is God. This is not me. Okay, he is so good. There was a time when I was in the marketplace, God provided very well financially for me. Now, hear me out on this. Okay, our lifestyle has not changed. Okay, at least nothing that we could think about. We were talking about this here a while back, trying to think of what have we missed. 
and we can't think of anything that we have missed. But when I came into the church and, and over the years, different things have happened. Our yearly income dropped by $60,000. Now, $60,000 drop, we were not spending $60,000 on fr frivolous things. We know that. And yet, God commanded the blessing on our storehouse. His word is true. Our savings account has gone up. I have no idea how. I don't. Okay? I don't have a second job. I, I, I'm not having people come up to me and give me $50,000 and $60,000. I've got the blessing. I've got God's command on that. And yes, I rely heavily on it. I live on it. So, how do you activate the favor of God? Like I said, I'm not special. I mean, I look out here, I see the saints. I, I see, man, I, I can count. I'd probably take my shoes off for people that could preach this message better than I can. Count all the people. But how do you activate the favor of God? Well, I found, I learned, Job 22, 28. You will also declare a thing, and it will be established to you. You have to start declaring the favor of God is on my life. The favor of God gives me an advantage. And what's the favor? The favor is the blessing. You're acknowledging God in everything you do, everything you have, everywhere you go. The blessing of God, that's what you're calling on your life. That's what you're doing. The favor of God is on me. The favor of God goes before me. The more you declare the favor, the more you'll look for the favor. And the more you look, the more you acknowledge it. And you have to acknowledge it. I've been very blessed in this building. I've got Randy Lee who has stepped up to help do maintenance in the building. That's the favor of God. I've got others that have stepped up to help with yard maintenance. That's the favor of God. I've, we've been blessed, but I acknowledge that in everything. Coming into church, I have all green lights. That's the favor of God. I hate waiting at lights. You know, that's the favor of God. Okay? Acknowledge him. Look for him. Expect him. And rely on him to change things. On our wall out in the hallway there, we have the 10 tenets of victory. Number two is God is our source. He's our source for everything. Finance, financial, physical, whatever the need, God is our source. Acknowledge him. Worship him, praise him, thank him. I remember when I was uh, just learning this, and uh, I was testing it. I do not like to shop. So if I have to shop, I want to try to do something. And when I was learning this, I was believing for parking stalls right beside the entranceway. Not the handicapped ones, okay? <laughs> not the handicapped ones. But I'd be, along, I'd be confessing the favor of God is on me. Favor of God is bearing away for me. Favor of God is opening doors. It's all this. It was amazing 
how many parking stalls I got right beside the handicap. The parking lot mall was full. We, we, even West Edmonton Mall, parking lot was full, and yet right beside the handicap, as close as I could get, was a parking stall. And it actually got to the point where Linda looked at me one day and said, we can walk, you know. <laughs> so there goes my close to the door parking stalls. But the favor of God is I can walk. <laughs> okay. I'm not sharing anything that I haven't put into practice. I'm not sharing anything that I know. Everything I'm sharing works. I'm sharing it. So what are some of the advantages of the favor of God? Now, there are many, there's many more than what I've got down here. I've just got a few. So, in Genesis, the story of Joseph, you take a look at him. He was sold into slavery. That's not favor. But while he was there, he got promoted. Potiphar pr promoted him. And he was falsely accused, thrown into jail. But the favor of God was still promoted even though I'm not qualified for the job. The favor of God on my life. In Exodus, when the Israelites were coming out of Egypt, they didn't go empty-handed. God restored everything that the enemy had stolen. That was the favor of God on their lives. They plundered the Egyptians. God caused that to happen. We've had some things taken by the enemy. And the favor of God is restoring them. I haven't got them all back yet, but he's restoring them. It's amazing what he's been doing on that. The favor produces honor, even, the, even in the midst of your enemies. Psalms 23, very familiar passage. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Favor of God. You get promotion and other people are saying, what in the world, how did you get that? What happened? Or you get a special, something special from the boss. How did that happen? Well, that's the favor of God. There was a time, we were just learning this, we weren't perfect. I want you to get that don't have to be perfect. We were just learning this. There was a time we had two mortgages for various reasons, which I won't get into, back in 2008. Now, the economy back in 2008 was just starting to go down. We were trying to sell our home. Homes weren't selling. We had an offer on our home. The morning, there was a morning came along, the realtor called and said they backed out. Now, I was working in the marketplace at that time. I went to a quiet place by myself. I started calling on the favor of God. I started calling on him to do his job, do his work. Got a phone call that afternoon, the house sold. Same guy. The same family that backed out came back and bought it. That's the favor of God on your life. But Joshua 1.3, every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I will give to you, as I said to Moses. Favor of God produces increase in land and real estate. 
If you're trying to buy a house, call on the favor of God. If you're trying to sell a house, rely on the favor of God. We do everything we can in the natural, but God is our source. He wants to be involved in every area of our life. Okay? Favor will give you recognition even when you seem least likely to receive it. This has happened more times than not in my life. But look at the story of David. His family didn't even think he was worthwhile coming into the house. When Samuel said, bring all your sons. He didn't say all but one. Samuel said, bring them all in. We're going to anoint the king. But his family didn't even think he was even in the running. But look what God did with him. He gave him favor. His favor was on David's life and promoted him. So if you think that you're not qualified, you think you don't deserve it, you don't think, call on the favor of God. Put God first in your situation. And then we get the story of Esther. Esther is a huge story on the favor of God. She's a Jewish girl going in, into the kingdom, finds out that there is a law passed that is not beneficial to the Jews. She grants or she asks for favor with the king. The king gives her the petitions. Said, yes, we'll come to your place. We'll have meals and whatnot. And then the favor of God changes rules, regulations, and policies. Because everything changed from the favor of God on Esther's life. So the favor of God granted the petition that she asked for and then changed rules, regulations, and policies to make it work. That's the favor of God. So, there is a catch to all this. No, miss a point. I remember back in 2017, go back into a story here, I was offered a opportunity to go to Kenya with Pastor Paul, just the two of us on a mission trip. We were going to our Kenya to uh, dedicate a church. And I thought that was great. So I said, yes. I go to my boss, and my boss says, yeah, okay, but your holidays are used up, so you're going without pay. And we have not had that great of a year, so do not expect a bonus. Fine, I'm calling on the favor of God. I don't care. It, it, it meant nothing to me, what he said. But I'm declaring the favor of God on my life. I'm declaring everything. Now, we take off. We go. There was some political unrest. And uh, my good wife and Pastor Paul were more involved in that. I was in La La Land with the favor of God. They were telling me, yeah, if you stay, you'll get shot. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, so... Yes, we did end up the, uh, end the trip up a little bit early, come home. Pastor Paul didn't want me shot. Uh, 
you know, he had promised his wife and mine that he would bring me back safe and sound, and he kept true to that word. I did come back. You know, uh, interesting trip. I almost got electrocuted. I almost got shot. Go on a mission trip. It'll change your life. Uh, anyway, I, I come back. First day back into the office there. Boss calls me into his office. I go in there. He hands me an envelope. It is a check that covered my expense and my lost wages. Favor of God. Okay? Not me, nothing special. Him. His favor. Relying on it. Demanding it. Okay? So let's go to Genesis 28, 3 and 4. Okay? Now, like I said, there is a catch to receiving the favor of God. There's always a catch. Okay? And that catch is found in Genesis 28. Now, this is Isaac blessing Jacob, okay, the second to third generation. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may be an assembly of peoples. And give you the blessing of who? Abraham, okay? To you and your descendants with you, that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger, which God gave to Abraham. So he is saying the blessing of Abraham. Now let's go back. Okay, nope. Verse 14, let's go down to verse 14, please. Okay, also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and south, in the land and in you and in your seed. Remember, seed? All the families of the earth shall be blessed or favored. Where else did we read seed? Galatians 3.29. You are Abraham's seed. Now, when Paul said that in Galatians 3.29, that's, that's a couple thousand years after Abraham was. But he said in, Gen in Galatians, you're Abraham's seed. What happens to his seed? Your heirs according to the promise, but you're blessed to be a blessing. You are still Abraham's seed. We are still Abraham's seed today. This is spoken for us. So what's the catch? To bless others. The favor of God is not just for you to hang on to it and not bless others. It's for you to bless others with. Because the world does not have it. What's a better calling card than to have the favor working in your life and a non-believer comes up to you and says, how in the world is that happening to you? It gives you an opportunity to share without you even having to do anything. You just have to say, you know what? That's the God I serve. You want to meet him? Let me take you to John 3, 16 and 17. Let me introduce you to him. And you just allow God to work. Easy peasy. So the blessing of Abraham and the call of Abraham, you have to go together. You cannot accept the blessing without the calling, without the mission. 
They go hand in hand. Now you say, well, blessing, I don't have a whole lot. I, I don't have much. It doesn't have to be much. Like I said, people helping me in the office here, helping me in the church, that's a blessing. Giving somebody a hug when they need it, that's a blessing. Giving a, giving a coffee to somebody that's cold, that's a blessing. Doesn't have to be big, but just going out to bless somebody to help meet their needs, where they're at, and what they're doing. Give them a car ride. Give them Tim's card. Just something. We've had the wonderful opportunity, okay? And it's all, it's all God. Giving people something as simple as a ride to a car. Giving them clothes to finances. Anywhere in between, doesn't matter. Don't look for the big stuff. Don't say, because I don't have a car to you, if I can't bless anybody with. Have you got a smile? Have you got a hug? That's all you need. That's all you need. So. So as you believe God for his favor on your life, his favor to meet not only your needs, increase your faith for his favor to meet the needs of others. So you can help with the needs of other people. I like what one person said. If you're going to use your faith, what's the matter if you use it for $5 or $500? It's still faith. If you don't have the five to begin with, it's still faith. Increase your faith to meet your needs, but then increase your faith to help meet the needs of others. And watch God work through you. The more you bless others, the more God will bless you. One thing I've realized and come to learn, if God can give you, get it through you, he'll give it to you. I made a conscientious decision years ago. I don't want anything in my life I cannot give away. I've given away some pretty interesting stuff. My heart is to give away some more interesting stuff. But the goal is, if, it's, if I cannot give it away, I don't want it. It has me. I don't have it. I can't be a blessing to others if I'm hanging on to it too tight. That's stopping the blessing. That's stopping the favor from coming to me if I can't help somebody else. So we are blessed to be a blessing. Now, I'll be honest with you, the blessing, the favor, the grace does not stop trials from coming. We have gone through some pretty interesting situations here and some interesting trials. Going back to the story of Joseph, the favor was on his life, but it did not stop him from being sold into slavery, did not stop him from being falsely accused, lied about, and thrown in jail. Did not stop him from being in the dungeon. But the favor of God got, it, got him through it and promoted him. The favor of God won't stop issues from rising. The Bible says we're going to have tribulations. The Bible says we're going to have problems. 
But the Bible taught us how to thrive, not just survive. So I encourage you, declare the favor of God is on my life. Expect the favor of God on your life. Receive it, but then acknowledge it to God. Acknowledge that's the favor of God. And do it right there. Others will look at you crazy. They will. You're in a restaurant and somebody pays for your food. That's the favor of God. Waiter or waitress, go and look at you and say, what? doesn't matter. You're acknowledging him. Everything goes back to him. He's the source for everything. He's the source. So in whatever trial you're facing, whatever situation you're in, presently or to come, never rule out the favor factor. Never rule out the blessing of God. Never look at your situation through your eyes. Look at it through his eyes. And what he wants to do. So determine in your heart, as we close, the worship team can come up, that you will use your faith to accept the blessing so you can bless others and help others. Favor factor. Never leave home without it. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at VictoryChurchGP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.VictoryGP.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP. Reach, teach, mobilize.